Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 22. In today's show, we'll be talking to Devish Dwivedi of Idea to Inception about the two-sentence business plan. Devish is going to tell us how this framework can help you make better decisions and get a clear understanding of your products, services, and customers. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. How are you this morning? Doing great. How are you? Good. Yeah, it looks like we get to talk about a subject that has some real challenges to it for some people. Some people love them. Some people hate them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, the business plan. I think when people think about a business plan, they think about this giant research project, this 100-page document that they had to put together at some point to make their bank happy or to raise money from other investors. And for the established business owner, they probably did go through a process like this at some point, and probably half of them can't even tell us where that original business plan is. That's it. Yeah, so many are built, a lot of energy, a lot of time go into a a great business plan. Then after it's launched, it's never seen again. So yeah, luckily with the business plan, there's been a lot of evolution of this process and a lot of new tools as well. Many of our listeners may know Steve Blank, of course, uh, Stanford professor who some people consider the godfather of the lean startup movement. His book, of course, The Startup's Owner's Manual, great example of that. And that really focuses around the idea of a lean startup, using the business model canvas as a tool to help you understand the key resources, the activities, who your customers are, who the segment is for the thing that you're trying to sell. And it's really allowed us to sort of look at what we're doing on one page and distill our ideas in a way that can greatly increases our chances for success. Yeah, so many times on the business plan, even just starting the process of working through the business plan, many times you'll find that you're going to stop very early because some of the fundamentals of the business plan early on identify that this particular venture that you're thinking about building a plan for, building a business around, doesn't have legs. It's just not going to go anywhere. So the business plan structure really helps you confront some of those issues very early on in the process. Yeah, and in teaching this model at Georgetown, we really focus on two sections when we're getting started. And that really comes down to the value proposition and the customer segment. What is the problem that you're solving? Who are you solving it for? And why do they even care about it? And can you validate that they do care about it? So we spend a lot of time in the customer discovery phase. And that's where you can learn so much and actually discover. And it's called customer discovery for a reason, because sometimes you start out with an idea that you think is what the demand is for. But then when you go talk to your customers, you find out that there's something else entirely that they really want. And that creates huge opportunity for you and reduces your risk because you haven't spent a lot of money or raised a lot of money for a product, for an idea, a service you haven't even tested yet. Yeah, it's a great structure. And it forces you to answer some very key questions very early on. So how can we make it better? Well, you know, I think our guest today is a guy who has some ideas on how to do just that. He is Devesh Dwivedi of Idea to Inception, and he has helped more than 400 small businesses develop strategies to achieve their company goals. 
Good morning, Devesh. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Good morning, Shai. It's a pleasure being here. And we're very excited to have you with us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the two-sentence business plan and what inspired that idea? So the two-sentence business plan actually came out of of a need, basically. Um, I have been doing business consulting for quite a while now, since 2006. So this is my 10th year of consulting with small businesses of all sizes and shapes. And one of the things that I noticed is people just get overwhelmed with the thought of doing a business plan. They think like, you know, you have to have an MBA or you have to have a certain degree or you have to have certain experience or skill set or whatnot. However, I always believed and I continue to believe that that business owners, entrepreneurs by definition, you should know in and out of your business. And that's what basically a business plan is, the in and out of every aspect of your business. So there are certain key elements that have so much importance in business that every business owner has to know. And around 2010, I came across this business model canvas, which is an awesome tool. But I noticed that it had a lot of usage for tech companies or the way it was built uh, in terms of the keywords or whatever Alexander was using, who actually coined this whole business plan canvas, that it was not very suitable for the small business owners who were in non-tech industries. So a typical guy, like, you know, let's say he wants to start a restaurant or a guy who's running a product company. It didn't make sense to them. However, as the consultant who has seen both sides, that canvas made a lot of sense to me. So the two sentence business plan pretty much came out of that canvas where I made my changes to it so that it's suitable for other business owners who are not that technical. And anytime you're simplifying something and giving people a framework that helps them articulate what their value proposition is and who it is they're serving in a compact way consistently, that's extremely useful information for them to have in the marketplace. Exactly. I always tell people that the planning is more important than the document itself. So A lot of people see business plan as that homework that your bank or investor has given you. Let's get over with it, right? Versus (laughs) it, it should be totally different, actually. Like, you know, the purpose is to help you plan your execution and then execute your plan. That's what I always remind people plan your execution and then execute your plan. And what I mean by that is I'm glad you touched upon, like, you know, simplifying and talking about value proposition. That's exactly what the two-sentence business plan does. It's a very simple, like, you know, one-pager planning tool, which is divided into like 10, 11 boxes, and each box represents something very important in the business. And the good thing about this is, just like the canvas, you can use it for the overall business plan if you want a 30,000 feet view, or you can use it for something, let's say a new initiative that you have within the company, you're running a company or thinking about a new product or you're thinking about a new service or you're thinking about a totally new idea to market, you can take this one pager and work through that idea. And at the end of that exercise, you would know how you are going to execute that plan. That's exactly what that tool does for you. You know, we're seeing this more and more in industry, adopting this for new product development just like you're talking about. So it's not necessarily a startup business plan. You can look at it to evaluate and get clarity 
on where you are at any snapshot in time. And it is also something that is really crucial in terms of understanding who your customer is and making sure that your systems and your marketing and your branding is in line to best position you to reach those customers. It's a tool, right? Like you use it to suit what to be done. So you're absolutely right. It can be used on the enterprise side. It can be used for a small business. It can be used for a startup. The good thing is it's sort of that dashboard that you can look at and say, okay, yeah, you know what? It makes sense. I should go forward. Or no, it doesn't make sense. I need to make adjustments. Yeah. And sometimes you're just trying to figure out what's missing here, right? Like what's the piece that we're missing that we're not getting right? Especially us, the entrepreneur tribe, we are always thinking of new ideas, something new we can do in terms of whether it's a new product, new service, a new marketing, whatever that is. And the problem with ideation is if you're just thinking and you're not putting something on the paper and then you're not putting something through the framework, as you also mentioned, it's very easy to have something missed out, something very important missed out because as human beings, based on our past experiences, we all have developed certain blind spots. So let's say I come from a finance background. So perhaps when I'm doing ideation, I'm very well versed with how it's going to work out in terms of the numbers, but I may miss out on certain soft points, whether it's branding or HR or other stuff versus the other guy who's doing the same ideation and he has more of strategic background, they may miss out on the finances. So the framework allows you to work through the ideation, work through the planning without missing out some of the important elements, you know, and not falling prey to those blind spots. Devish, I like the look of your framework. For our listeners, can you go through some of the key elements in that framework? Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually just a one page divided into about 11 boxes, looks almost similar to the business model canvas, but has a lot more simpler verbiage used to make sure that whether it's a guy who's starting out and he has no background in starting a business, he can get it. And a guy who, of course, has like a company he's running for several million dollars revenue, even that person gets it. So I worked on the universality of the framework. So the first box says, okay, what is the problem that we are solving? Which is the top three priorities to put there. Like, is it painkiller? Is it a Viagra we are selling? Or is it a vitamin, right? So that kind of a discussion happens in that box. What is the problem that we are trying to solve? And then the next box goes into who has this problem? So do I know my target market in terms of who will buy this? Who will be the eventual decision maker? So if I'm selling a software to an enterprise, is the IT department making that decision or the CTO making that decision or the CEO making that decision or who's buying that? That is very important. The third box goes into how are we going to solve that problem? So here we talk more about the product or the service or the idea that we have. Then the fourth box goes into why should this enterprise or the person or the customer who has this problem buy from us? So here we talk about the value proposition, the unique selling point, the competitive advantage, the advantage that we have over our competition or alternate products. And then the fifth box 
goes into taking a stock of what we have and what we would need. So it's like, okay, we have the resources in terms of money or skills, uh, intellectual property, whatever those uh, key assets are that we have access to and we can leverage to get to where we want to get. Uh, That's the fifth box. I did want to talk to you about that box in particular, because I think that that is one thing where, again, we're talking about looking at maybe new market entry or new product that we want to roll out or new service we want to roll out. Asking that very important questions, what key resources would we need to be successful in this marketplace or in this service space or with this product sometimes can really help you reach a decision point. So you might recognize that, okay, there's this very specific problem. We know this group of people have a problem. We believe we have a good solution and we think we can differentiate, but you know, we just don't have the resources to really make this happen. You know, you're trying to decide some of the most important questions in business in terms of maintaining focus are being able to choose what to say yes and no to. And so I'm just commenting that using this iterative process that you've brought up, you can really go through this loop and it's almost like, okay, we could check this one, this one, this one, this one, and then this might be a decision point. Precisely. So when I'm working with my clients or like, you know, when I'm doing the workshop, I actually tell them that each of these boxes are actually decision boxes. So after every time you are filling a box, the question should be, okay, does it still make sense for me to continue? So once we work on, let's say, for example, the first box, what is the problem? If we have not nailed our problem correctly, there is no point on going forward. So work on nailing that first box, the first piece of the frame, before you move on to the next. So yes, you're absolutely right. And that's how it should be worked. That at every time, like, you know, when you're doing one of the pieces of the framework, you ask yourself, okay, here is how far I have come with this. Does it still make sense for me to go forward? And that's how you actually use the tool at its best. Yeah, it's very functional. And it goes back to your idea of, the planning process in and of itself is where the value lies. The act of going through this very systematic way of thinking about a new product, a new service for your business, and having these different checkpoints, that's where the value really comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I interrupted you. We're going from, if you move past the box about key resources, so let's say we do, okay, we have the resources, we think that that's still something we can move forward to, then what comes next? So you then start thinking about your distribution. How will you reach the customers? How will you market to them, right? Um, Whether it's your marketing, sales, advertising, distribution, how would you find them? How would you go to your customers? That's the next box. And in some cases, and this is where we are talking about what the cost of customer acquisition would be, right? That's one of the key numbers that you fill up in this box. And then you move into the finance box next, which is how much this overall would cost where we talk about okay how much capital is required what kind of operational money we would need what would the distribution cost and we put the whole number game in that next box together that if this makes sense from the numbers perspective and then the eighth box continues in the revenue side of things so how will we make money what would be the value of the customer so lifetime value of the customer what our margin would be what our revenue streams would be so we talk more about the revenue model in the eighth box and then next one we move into the timeline so you know as they say um 
a goal without a timeline is just a wish. So it's very important that when we are working on any idea or any project, we have to have the timeline. Otherwise, like you get busy with the emergency and uh, whatever is important for next day and you forget about the ideas or projects that you were going to take initiatives on. So timeline, extremely important. That's the ninth box. And then the tenth box is, of course, setting up some metrics. Okay, how would we consider if it's a success or if it's a failure or what needs to be done? So doing some smart goal setting in the tenth box, understanding what the key numbers would be in terms of metrics. Like, okay, are we looking at number of signups? Are we looking at number of dollars made? Are we looking at a certain number of return? What is it that the success would look like? Knowing that is extremely important because when you measure later on that, okay, how far did we hit from the actual goal? It tells you, okay, where did we miss in the planning process and what can now be done in order to get much closer to that target? So that's the 10th box. And then the 11th box is about execution. So setting goals, setting timelines is wonderful, but What I have seen in my experience with so many clients, I actually stopped counting at 400. Like we have done more than 400 business plans for small businesses. And one thing that I noticed is execution was always the challenge. So the 11th box, I purposefully made it as action steps where I said, okay, all this planning is wonderful. We know what the problem is, how we are going to solve it, how we reach our customers, what resources we have. All of this planning is wonderful, but executing your plan is very important. So the last box is action steps. We decide, okay, based on our planning so far, what are the next three steps we need to take? Or even what is the next one step we have to take in order to move on this idea, move on this particular project, move on this particular product. And that's how that action step, once you do the first step, you move on to the next step and take that natural path. Because, of course, the first step would have the consequences, right? Whatever you did, you will have some results. Based on that, you move to the next natural step. And that brings the whole iterativeness of this framework as well. And do you see this as something that evolves as you use it? Yes. So we do in many variations. So for example, someone who's just starting out would fill this in a very different way versus someone who has a business already and they're working on a new idea, they would fill it up in a different way. And that's why it evolves in very many different shapes, depending on who's doing it, what the actual goal of of doing this exercise is as well. Devish, in your experience in working with so many planners and so many plans you've built to date, aside from the execution, which is probably a great portion of the challenge and accountability, what other areas do you find your clients running into challenge with? Well, I can actually categorize them into uh, into different areas. And it really depends on the personality of the entrepreneur, to be very frank. That's what it comes down to. So as I was saying earlier in the conversation that uh, there could be one guy he is very well versed with finances because that's his industry background or educational background. And they would be more focused on that. And they have developed this blind spot towards other elements of the business and vice versa in, in, in any way, right? Um, that applies to almost all of us. And that's one big challenge because 
you know, it's a blind spot. It's very difficult for even like, you know, consultants like me who are seeing that blind spot to make the entrepreneur realize that he's missing something. You have to be very articulate, of course, plus like, you know, you have to be very strategic. You have to be very professional to even bring that blind spot in front of them saying, hey, here is a very key element you are missing. And there are times when the entrepreneur is welcoming the idea of, okay, yeah, you know what, I could be wrong and or I could be missing something. Let me look at this. But again, like, you know, at many times, like, you know, we entrepreneurs are very hot headed or like not very hard headed, I would say. And we are not that open. We think I know about my business. I've been running it for X many years or I know everything about this idea. So I think what you are talking about is okay, but it's not as important. So it's it's very difficult to have them realize the importance of what they are missing as that blind spot, something that they don't think is as important. And, you know, it's usually too late by the time they realize, no, it was important. So that's a very, very, very common struggle that I see on a daily basis with our clients. And we try to do as good of a job as we can in terms of bringing those things to their notice and whatnot and making sure that they're working on those elements. The other key challenge I see is a lot of people still see planning as the homework that has been given to them. And they look at it as a one-time exercise. Let me do this. Let me like, you know, get this monkey off of my shoulder so that I can go ahead, do the real work. That's a mindset issue. And that, again, is very difficult, very sensitive to deal with. So those are the two very common and very big challenges that uh, need to be navigated through. Yeah, it's such a good point. You know, overconfidence bias in entrepreneurship is rampant. And and the, the light side of that is if it were not for that, there's so many people that would never have the courage to start in the first place. It's true. But as we evolve as entrepreneurs and business leaders, the ability to understand that we are limited by our blind spots is hugely important. And having a tool like this, anytime you use a framework that can help you de-bias your own decision-making, you know, it usually leads to better outcomes. Absolutely, absolutely. Devish, can you tell me a little bit about what kind of results you've been seeing? We had a client reach out to us. It was to build a pretty huge sport facility, and this would have been one of its own kind and a huge sports facility where we would be looking at about $20 million as startup cost because the leasehold and like, you know, the construction, and there's only one company that actually builds actual equipment, which they have patents on. So you can only buy the equipment from that one particular company. And it's supposed to be an indoor sports facility. And the guys were super excited because nothing like that exists in Canada. They really wanted to bring it to Canada. And the client approached us for the financial and uh, business planning analysis. And we said, okay, yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead with just this one framework. Let's go with one session, not even sign up for the full business plan, like, you know, writing exercise. Let's just go through this and some financial analysis. And we went through it. And by the time we reached the box number seven, how much this will cost and how will we make money, the financial boxes, by the time we had reached that, it was crystal clear that we don't want to get into that business. Now, was it a bad idea? Absolutely not. But it was not suitable 
for my client of that time who were ready to, of course, invest this much, but it didn't fit with their investment goals, depending on their age and how long it would have taken them to get like, you know, return on their investment. So they saved about good $20 million or a lot of heartache and, uh, and financial losses for future by not taking this idea forward. So what I'm trying to tell you with this client story is the results could be extremely different for each client because the goal for each client is very different. This was a startup idea that we looked at and we did the whole analysis and we figured out, no, not worth it to spend $20 million at what age and what kind of return of investment we'll see for this client. So the results can vary big time, but it is a tool that can be used in almost every setting of whether it's a startup or a enterprise that they can use and make better decisions. What I like about Devish is that it actually adds a little bit more fun into the business planning process. You can actually prototype a business plan very quickly and then delve in it further. So it's a very nice format. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that was the original goal. So when I came across the business model canvas, I was very excited because I had not seen something like before 2010 when I first came across that. And I said, oh my God, if something like this existed, that can help the everyday entrepreneurs who don't understand as much business jargon as is there, again, no offense, like I love the model canvas, but I think it doesn't have that universal access or universal understanding or comprehensiveness to it, which is what I tried to fix here for my clients. And my clients have absolutely loved this framework. So I really want to share it with as many people as I could. Well, this has been a great discussion on a really useful business tool, Devesh. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Like, you know, I absolutely enjoyed it. And I like, you know, I jump on every opportunity uh, where I can share this tool because I know it can be helpful to people. So, yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for having me. You guys like, you know, have a great show there. Keep crushing, guys. <laughs> Thanks again, Devesh. Our guest today has been Devesh Duavetti of Idea to Inception. You can learn more about Devesh and download the two-sentence business plan framework in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and... Of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.